Well, official greetings on this uh, lovely fall day. Going to be, what, 90 degrees today. I was talking to somebody earlier, and we, we agreed that I think we're just going to go from summer to winter. <laughs> so we shall see. So it is good to be together this morning in worship. So glad that all of you are here. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be preaching on hope and what it means to be a prisoner of hope. Uh, one of the ways that I like to uh, have downtime and kind of recharge my batteries is to read. And since June, uh, I have read eight books. And it's a way that I uh, just, again, kind of like to escape into what I am reading. Uh, I, I, again, many of you know that I have been in school for the past five years, and I'm finally getting to read what I want, right? And uh, loving every minute of it. Uh, I had a friend who asked me, you know, we were talking about reading, and she said, so what are, you know, what are you reading? Are you reading suspense novels and mysteries? And I said, no way. I am in this season that I am just soaking up every ounce of God that I can get and how he is speaking to me uh, through the different books that have come across my path. And um, I keep saying this, but I'm going to, if anybody's interested, I don't know if you are, but just uh, to be able to share on social media just some of the books that I've been reading and highlights uh, from those uh, books. Uh, They have been in my library for, for quite a while, and when I say that I have a library, that just tells you I have a book problem. So I'll just say that now, and uh, I have just been waiting for uh, really a couple of years to read some of these, so it's been exciting to finally get them off of my shelf. Uh, One of those books uh, was by Christine Kane, and I don't know if any of you are familiar with Christine Kane. She is uh, an Aussie from Down Under, uh, who is currently living in Southern California. And uh, she and her husband found an organization called A21, Uh, that rescues those affected by human trafficking. It's a huge uh, passion that she has, her and her husband, and and actually her two daughters as well. And organizations that are all over the world rescuing and protecting those who are most at risk. And uh, I had the privilege of of hearing uh, Christine speak last person uh, in fall, and her passion was absolutely contagious. I would describe her as a fierce Jesus follower, an evangelist, a lifesaver of those who are at risk for human trafficking. Uh, She's also a public speaker and an author, a mother, uh, just to name a few. And again, I read uh, one of her books this summer. It's called Unexpected unexpected. And throughout her book, she shares stories of individuals who experienced blessings and unwavering hope in the hardest experiences of their lives. And this morning, I want to share just a little bit uh, from her book with you. And I want to start out with this passage just to kind of to kind of set our hearts in our minds uh, as to what God has for us this morning. It's from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In her book, Christine shared the story of Lori Ann. Lori Ann wanted nothing more than to be a mother, but for whatever reason, she was unable to carry a pregnancy full term. She had uh, shared an experience after a miscarriage in a medical procedure um, and in this, uh, in this experience that she shared, she shared that she was still groggy, and some of us can relate to this after we've had a medical procedure, still groggy from the anesthesia. And the nurse told her that she could get dressed when she was ready. And again, many of us have heard those words, you can get dressed when you're ready. And she thought to herself, then what? Then what? Go home and pretend that nothing has happened and act like everything is normal. 
And she said to herself, nothing is normal, and nothing will ever be normal again. All I wanted was a baby, my baby. All she could think about as she got dressed was now because uh, she had you know, this procedure and this experience that she would never be a mother. She would never celebrate Mother's Day. And, and, and she had this negative talk to herself that I think some of us are guilty of as well. You're flawed, you're unrepairable, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And, and then there's people that, that always have the best intentions with their response. And sometimes uh, we're those people that have the best intentions. And they see things like, well, you can always try again. Or it's not like losing an actual child. And what her response was, yes. Yes, it was like losing a child. Exactly like losing a child. And she left that day feeling like all her hopes and dreams had died. The grief and sadness were overwhelming. And Lorianne felt like she had done all the right things in her Christian walk. She had said all the right things and participated in all the right things. But yet, she felt distant from God. Many of us can relate to that in situations in our lives. This is when she knew that she had a choice, that she could lean into God or she could walk away. And she chose to draw near to him. And as she drew near to him, he drew near to her. She said she knew her God was a God of hope and destiny. And she had to press in and trust him. Years later, she, she remarried and became a stepmother of three. She was invited to be on the board of the largest child abuse pre prevention program in the U.S. and leads with Christine Kane and her husband for the Organization for Human Trafficking. Her work benefits children who don't have a mother to look after them, saying, isn't that what a mother does? Lorianne said she had to learn different ways to be a mother and how God fills our hearts in unexpected ways. She has a quote in the book that I absolutely love. There are divine appointments beyond all of our disappointments. There are divine appointments beyond all of our disappointments. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Wrestling with this idea of what it means and looks like to have Jesus in our life. We identify as Christian. Uh, and and as, as a noun, a person, place, or a thing. But Jesus calls us to more, more than just to identify with, with uh, who we say we are, but what we do, but what we do. He gives us this commission to follow him. And that word follow is a verb. It takes action on our part. In the Christian faith, we believe that you have to be born again, born of the Spirit. Hear these words from John 3, verses 1 through 8. Now, there was a, a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do the things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh and that which is born of the spirit is born of the spirit. 
Do not marvel that I have said that to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We experience birth pains in our spiritual life. The old has gone, and the new has come. When we invite Jesus into our lives and accept uh, the commission that he gives to follow him, doesn't mean that our challenges go away. Rather, we have a God who loves us and walks beside us as we follow him. Uh, those of us uh, that have been uh, had the uh, privilege uh, to actually to, to give to give birth, we go through uh, a process called Lamaze. And some of you uh, experienced experience this as well. And the goal uh, through this is to help with the whole birthing process and for the mother to stay focused and to breathe through those uh, labor pains. You see, just as we go through spiritual birth pains, we need to stay focused and breathe. God hears our groaning. God hears our groaning. And in the midst of our groaning, we are to remain hopeful. Hear these words again from Romans. May the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, hope is a, is a confident expectation. Think about your life. What are you dealing with? Maybe what are some things that you want to uh, escape from or, or hide from? See, when we have hope, we have a peace and a joy. But the first thing um, that we lose when we lose our, when we don't have peace and joy is our hope. And it's that sense of peace and a joy, again, that we lose. But hope is unshakable confidence in God. It doesn't deny the reality of our pain. But it gives us life beyond the pain, permission to believe in a new beginning and a new reality. Hear these, these words from Psalm 39.7. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. The title of my message is, is Prisoner of Hope, and I think it sounds kind of strange. I don't know about you. Uh, when we think of, of being a prisoner, we don't necessarily think of being a prisoner of hope. We think of uh, being a prisoner, and, and all kind of imagery comes to mind. Maybe a, a prison cell, bars on a door, high security, prison guards. But see, being a prisoner of hope is different. Instead of finding ourselves in a, in a prison, we find ourselves in a castle with a beautiful brass band gathered to sing praises to the Lord. So we find ourselves in a castle where God invites us into a fortress, a safe place where we chain ourselves to the promises of God. When we're attempted to want to escape wherever it is that we're uh, got whatever we've got going on in our lives, God offers us this spiritual fortress that helps us move from despair to a new future. There is no need that God can't meet. No mountain he can't move, no heart he can mend, no door he can't open. We are prisoners of hope. You see, and when we're prisoners of hope, we don't get upset that things take a little bit longer than we think that they should. 
or harder than we think they should be. And our, our perspective changes. Instead of what we don't have, we focus on what we do have. Always believe the best and not the worst, and we keep moving forward. You see, you have a choice. We all have a choice to be a prisoner of fear or despair or a prisoner of hope. Hear these words from Hebrews 6. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear to, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all the argument. Because God wants to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed with them an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of hope set before us to be greatly encouraged. We have this hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So, so speaking to the Jews, Jesus is speaking to the Jews, speaking uh, to the history and the religious language. In the tabernacle, uh, we remember in the Old Testament, it housed the presence of God. And this is where the Ark of the Covenant was. And it was a place behind the curtain. And only the great high priest could enter this most holy place once a year. And it was during Yom Kippur, uh, a time for atone for the sins. And that, the hope used to lie behind the curtain before Jesus. Again, we're talking Old Testament. And we remember how Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus forgives our sins. And he died and he rose and offers us abundant uh, life and is our high priest and is the way to the Father. This passage, it, it has so much imagery. Uh, fishing was a livelihood for so many uh, back then, and they, and they were always on the water fishing. Everyone was familiar with anchors, and we have that image of an anchor in our mind. As we know, an anchor, it's a device that anchors a vessel to the bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to the wind or current. Isn't that how life is sometimes? We face the winds and the current in our lives, and we can have a, a tendency to drift, drift away from God. But we have this hope. We have this hope that anchors the soul, and an anchor that is so strong and so heavy, it can steady any situation. It offers protection in the storms. It's a symbol of security, stability, and being grounded. Again, I want to hear the, uh, share this passage again from Hebrews uh, 6, but I want to share the, the, uh, the Passion translation. It's a little bit different, and I want you to, to just to lean in uh, to this translation. And now we have run into the heart, run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And where Jesus is, our forerunner, has gone 
before us. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Never lose hope. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And there are some of us here in this space, Lord, that are just clinging on to hope. We've got some things going on in our lives that we just don't quite know what to deal with. But God, may we be reminded that you are always here with us. Always here with us. And, and Father, we, we come back to this, this opening prayer that in our lives where there is sadness that you will bring joy and in moments where there's tiredness that we will be refreshed and father in times where we are experiencing despair that you will bring a renewed sense of hope and to let this place be a sanctuary a safe haven for us. A home for holy words and songs and prayers as we devote ourselves to you. Lord, let each and every one of us be a sanctuary for your Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us. To come and dwell in us. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy, each and every one of us, and peace as we trust in God, so that each and every one of us would overflow with hope, hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for this time. We love you and we worship you, we praise you, and we lean into you this morning. We lean into your word. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen.